Hello, my magical friends. My name's Ayumi. My pronouns are she, her, hers, and you're listening to Sparkle Side Chats with Magical Girl Ayu. Whether it's your first or 124th time listening, we welcome you to our space to celebrate magical girls from every corner of the world. It's Creator Week, so let's get to today's topic. If you didn't catch the memo last week, I had announced that this is the last time we're going to be doing two episodes in one week as Creator Week. So just as a quick note for the future, feel free to check in on Friday for the next episode. Otherwise, we probably won't be doing Friday episodes for a while unless they're bonuses. So today's episode, I'm very excited about this webcomic. It's a very lovely one and it's a very interesting one. I think that People of the 90s, like myself, will definitely appreciate Legacy's Call. And I had a really great chat with the creator, Paige Branson, who was just so lovely. She was really cool. And we really nerded out for a little bit. And I really think that people will enjoy this, especially if you're a fan of 90s series in particular. And, um, you know, we do have a few of these kind of stories of the child of a magical girl, but I think that this particular iteration is definitely a very interesting one that talks very directly, looking at things like, I don't know if trauma is quite the right word in this case, but just like the pressures of that legacy, if you will, which, you know, deals with a name. (laughs) Hey, but yeah, just before we get into the episode, um, we are going to talk a little bit about anxiety and that might be something that um, is a little heavy, but I promise it's not too bad. It is a reasonable amount for the character and it's also something to keep in mind. If you haven't read the comic yet, there isn't a whole lot to read. I think it'll you'll get through it pretty swiftly if you'd like to pause and read the comic before coming to the episode. We do get into spoiler territory, which is the kind of end part of the last chapter that Paige has published. So, you know, we do get all the way through the contents that are out there. If you don't want to be spoiled, just keep that in mind. But yeah, otherwise, if you're ready, you can sit back, relax, and listen to this episode with Paige Branson about her comic, Legacy's Call. So we are here today to talk about the webcomic Legacy's Call, and I'm very excited to get to know the creator. Can you please introduce yourself? Hey, I am Paige Branson. I am the webcomic creator of a magical girl webcomic called Legacy's Call. Great. And uh, what are your pronouns? Uh, She. Awesome. Let's get right into it. So yeah, uh, what is your history with the magical girl genre? So... I found Sailor Moon when it was showing like syndicated on TV in the 90s and I'd never seen anything like it. I'd never seen (laughs) animation in general. Like it was like my 
first impact with, with anime in general. I had no idea what it was because this was also on the cusp of the internet. So I couldn't just pick up my phone or pick up my computer and go, what is anime? You know? <laughs> so I, I remember seeing Sailor Moon and going like, oh, this is this is specifically speaking to me. This is specifically for me. These are really cool girls. I love all the colors. The animation so different. What is this? <laughs> and and then I had to use my parents' computer to be like, can I um, see uh, AOL really quick? <laughs> just type in Sailor Moon and just see what happens. And then the world was open to me. <laughs> it's <laughs> basically just finding out like oh this is a animation that came from another country oh japan and and then we we redubbed it we, we took their language and we we put our language on it oh oh i must be exactly the same oh it's not <laughs> oh it's not <laughs> so that became like a rabbit hole of figuring out like the differences between like the original version and our version and why we changed things and why we didn't change certain things and what episodes were we missing so it just became like my very first fandom rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So then after that, did you seek out other Magical Girl series or get into other ones over the years? Yeah. So at that point, like since I live in Baltimore, uh, I found out about Otakon, um, an anime convention that used to be based here, right? Right. Basically 10 minutes where I live. So I was like, well, wait, I can find more things there. <laughs> Mm. so like i think like my second kind of like foray was like devil hunter yoko i remember really liking that costume a lot mm. <laughs> and be like oh i love the style of that i love what's going on it's definitely more mature but it was like oh okay we can we can play with this genre it's a whole genre we can do this and then I went back and I found like Minky Mono and Azuka Cha Cha mm -hmm. was like my absolute. I still have my fan subs. <laughs> they are coveted. Mm. <laughs> but that that it was just like Sailor Moon was the gateway drug to like everything else, and having an actual convention scene that was active very close to me only fueled me more. Yeah, it's really great. Very uh, convenient and. Also kind of surprising, were you going to the conventions like in the, would this be like the 2000s? No, 90s. In the 90s? Yeah, oh. my first con was like, it was like Otakon 98 or 99, I think. Mm. It was like, it was one of those. <laughs> yeah, it's really surprising to hear that there were those other Magical Girl series there at all, honestly. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, and, and like at that point, I was like, oh, okay, what's this Magic Knight Rare thing? That's going to be the same like kind of color scheme kind of going on that like like Sailor Moon has. Let me see what's going on there. Oh, this art's magnificent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. So then in that case, I guess, what is your magical girl consumption like these days? It's all over the place. Um, there's, because like a lot of the more modern ones seem to be like deconstructions of the genre and like darker takes like Yuki Yuna and like Madoka Magica. And I love those series to death, but they are also on the side for me. Because <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm definitely still of the like, hey, we can make it dark, but also <laughs> let's make it like a little hopeful. Please, guys, please, a little, <laughs> a, a smidge. <laughs> I saw that Tokyo. Mew Mew came back and I'm starting to get back into that 
I need to dive into Precure. I don't know which one. <laughs> mm, <I laughs> but see. like, if you have any recommendations for someone just starting out with Precure that just wants mm-hmm. to start with something, what would you say? Well, I do get this question a lot. Um, so, <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> Precure is a c- series where, you know, it's a yearly thing and it's for very young girls. So, you know, basically... You can go into any season with no context of the past seasons because Mm. whatever context is important, they will present it to you because it's for kids. Yeah. But um, my general recommendation is to find a compilation of openings for the series Mm. and Mm -hmm. then whichever ones like resonate with you, like write those those down. There are only a few seasons actually officially up on Crunchyroll right now. So, you know, obviously those are all good choices, but yeah, just whichever ones resonate with you the most, I would recommend checking out. So, cool. yeah. I always love seeing like all the pictures like every year of like, oh, it's a mermaid theme this time. And like, mm-hmm. oh, it's this time a theme. And I'm like, oh, that's so cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let me love you. <laughs> yeah, you'll. I'm sure you will enjoy Precure. Um, it is exactly as you said, like, there there are certainly dark moments in most seasons, but it is mm-hmm. still, you know, it is a kid's show, so it's definitely still very much very lighthearted and fun. Yeah. Yeah. I always I always love that mix of like darker themes, things can get kinda heavy, but then like it's usually like hope and just people working together that make things okay. And that that that's always been like my thing when it comes to magical girls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. Great. So getting to your story, Legacy's Call, what basically is the story about for anyone who hasn't read it yet? So my premise, like, well, where I I first thought about the premise was like, since I'm a giant Sailor Moon fan, I always thought about like, what would happen after that? Like, we always see like the Crystal Tokyo, like way, way, way in the future. But then I'm like, well, what happened in between that? (laughs) How Hmm. did we get there? (laughs) What could have happened during those years? (laughs) Uh, So I was like, well, here's my spin, like whatever, like adventure that like, in my series, like the Gaia Knights um, were like that group of teenage superhero girl squad, magical girl squad that had their adventures and they did all that stuff and they beat their big bad. And then we're going to cut 15 years ish later to what the world is like. Like everyone knows what magical girls are. Everyone knows that these girls save the earth. A lot, a lot of them went in different directions. The main main girl had a kid. And, and now my comic actually follows the story of her kid, um, Iris. Because like being the daughter of basically the savior of the world, uh, how is that? Like mm-hmm. everyone knows who you are. Everyone thinks that you're going to get powers one day do you even want to fight like what is that and like I also wanted it to be a little bit more grounded when it came to her personality like she's not Usagi from the get-go she has a good heart but she also has anxiety mm-hmm. <laughs> something a lot that of anxiety. I definitely deal with <laughs> yes and which I understand that was me when I was that age honestly mm-hmm. so I, I definitely like wrote a lot of me into that like if I had all that power and if I had that spotlight thrust on me how would I act like I wouldn't be immediately heroic like I would have to really work up to it like I'd want to get there but it would take a second for me to get up the nerves and I like that exploration a lot 
so that's basically what what it's about and of course there's magical girl like next generation kind of stuff happening and demons and things to fight and what's going on there ooh mystery um but FYI I, I like to keep it at the heart of like of Iris and her just dealing with this world that she's been thrust into yeah yeah you can definitely see the spirit of like the way that everyone is and like the Gaia Knights are definitely like a kind of fun combination of a whole bunch of different older style magical girls Mm -hmm. (laughs) I definitely also got like kind of Ray Earth vibes from their outfits too yes yeah yes (laughs) yeah I I loved like the armor designs and like Ray Earth since I was like little and I wanted something that would evoke Ray Earth and Sailor Moon but also like not be incredibly skimpy in certain areas so i was like okay we're at least gonna have something below the armor and it's gonna be armor and you're you're gonna look like you're ready for a fight but also there's a bow on the back Mm -hmm. (laughs) gotta stay cute yeah (laughs) exactly exactly yeah yeah so it is a lot of fun it is definitely very interesting i also like a lot of the extra the side characters as well Mm -hmm. and you know iris has basically like spent her whole life like just living under the tutelage of these predecessors right who were magical Mm -hmm. girls before and i guess her her father also was kind of a was he a magical boy or was he just like a side fighter kind of a tuxedo mask kind of figure only effective (laughs) Uh, (laughs) like there's only some more coming up with him that we're gonna get into Mm -hmm. where like he definitely like had to make his own way and like actually like stand up with everyone he didn't get powers but he was still on the field with everybody in his own way right Uh, again more effective than tuxedo mask (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah. that that will be that will be a thing that will be addressed for sure (laughs) yeah it definitely felt like his relationship to the magical girls was different so like he definitely has some sort of like experience from what i've read it feels like he kind of has a little bit of a complex about it because <laughs> he's not yes, technically one of the, the guy knights yes yeah yeah he's just he's he's just happy to be there sometimes <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah but yeah and then you know iris has grown up like training to fight all her life and you know she's been having these recurring nightmares her whole life also just like it's so much pressure for someone mm-hmm. who who hasn't actually been able to be a magical girl yet though of course in the story she does finally become a magical girl and it's like it turns out there's still so much to learn despite her training exactly because exactly. you can you can train someone to fight and actually do this stuff all their life but then if you forget the social aspects mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's where that's where things get a little interesting when you actually have to like go deal with the public and collateral damage and oops sorry your building's on fire i saved you from that demon but you know you, you, your living room's a little toasty right now um i'm gonna just leave <laughs> i'm a go <laughs> yeah yeah one thing that was very interesting and you know obviously different magical girls deal with that particular aspect differently you know Mm -hmm. there are some where it's just like once the evil is defeated everything just magically gets fixed exactly but in this world we have like literal areas where like there's still demon energy radiating from the battles Mm -hmm. of long ago yeah because like i figure like on like the 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 original like the guy knight's big 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 battle big fight i kind of like thought back to like the last couple episodes of sailor moon like like episodes like 195 to 200 where like 
everybody gets wrecked. And when I say everybody, I mean like the town, <laughs> the mm-hmm. world possibly. Like things go bad <laughs> very in a very big way. Mm. And I wanted that to be like a lasting kind of like kind of thing. Like clean up. Like who's doing that? Like how can yeah. everyone take care of that? Like it would have to have been like a sudden worldwide threat that they would have had to have like taken down. And then like, well, good luck world (laughs) (laughs) yeah for sure for sure so it's pretty interesting so getting into the actual like behind the scenes stuff how did you get started coming up with this uh, story for legacies call it was always something that had been on my mind for years. Like I went to college at Savannah College of Art and Design. Um, I majored in sequential art. So I majored in like comic books and like storyboarding for animation, like stuff like that. So while I was learning how to draw and write and color and letter and everything like for comics, I was still thinking like in the back of my mind, like, hey, like once I'm out of here, what do I want to do? What's going to be my, my thing I'm going to do? And I kept looking at like, the big American companies like Marvel, DC, like Image, all that stuff. And I was like, well, that doesn't really cater to specifically like what I want to do or like what I want to see. So I'll just do it for myself. And if I was going to make a comic for myself, what would it be about? Oh, yes, Magic Girls. Uh, (laughs) So from there, I was like, all right, what is the thing that I would absolutely want to want to see and like want to just do for myself and put out into the world and that's how I came up with this idea like it's pretty much all the stuff from years and years and years of watching this media all put into like basically my spin on it (laughs) yeah so um when it was just like right after college then so Mm -hmm. why did you decide to go for like uh I guess a web comic versus I don't know trying to yeah (laughs) (laughs) web comics were they weren't what they are right now. Right. Like, especially when it came to more, like, Asian kind of themed uh, or, like, just anything that had to do, like, like anime, like, webtoon, like, wasn't a thing. Right. <laughs> when, I, when I first started, like, doing stuff like this, it was pretty much like a free-for-all when it came to webcomic on whatever you wanted to write about, however you wanted to do it in whatever format you kind of wanted to do it. So I liked that openness of it's all up to you you gotta just do it other than like listening to like a publisher and what they want or like another group and what they want I was like well I already know what I want I'm just gonna do it (laughs) so Mm. that's why I kind of went into that with a self-publishing in the back of my head and the way to do it in the modern age was web comics so i went with that like i knew like basic html at first on like some of my my previous like websites and like getting everything done getting up in a cycle and then as modern conveniences rose up it became even easier to just get your work out in front of eyes on any on the internet yeah that makes sense so uh, right now you have three i guess three books or three chapters out uh-huh. so do you also sell these as like print copies as well I would like to once I have enough collected once this like first kind of arc is kind of done I was going to combine it all into one book and then um, either kickstart like an actual like printed version uh, or just see how I could go about just self-publishing on demand but it is definitely something I want to do in the future mm-hmm. other than that I definitely sell like prints and and certain like things uh on like my tea public site um my red bubble site for like other artwork that I do on the side 
Hmm. But yeah, it's it's definitely like right now it's mainly a labor of love, not making me any money. It's just something I want to do because I love storytelling and I love magical girls. Mm-hmm. So like eventually there will be a printable printed collection for people to purchase should they want to. Okay, sounds good. How long do you expect the comic to be? I have the whole like story bible written out. So like the story bible is basically just the whole story beginning, middle and then certain like story beats and big arcs broken down in that. So I kind of know roughly how many years it's going to take me to do. So like it does have an end. <laughs> hmm. That's that's definitely like a tip that is always nice to impart to people. Like make a story bible, make sure you have an end. You can you can fill it with whatever you want, but make sure you know where it's going eventually. You can change it, but just have an idea. <laughs> hmm. So yeah, it's I can't I'm not really sure how many years, but it's feasible in my lifetime. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. So is it like written out? Like chapter wise, do you know how many chapters it's going to be? Don't know exactly how many chapters it's going to be because I have revised certain things as I've gone. So like for this first arc, I have general like how I have it laid out in my one note is that I have the story Bible and then I have like the different arcs and then I'm looking at the current arc I'm on right now and then I make my script based off of certain chunks that I've divided in that arc. And then sometimes when I'm actually doing the thumbnails and the actual script, I realize, oh, this moment has to breathe more. And then this is going to be like a two page spread because we can really show off the, like, the actual like action on this whole sequence. And this fight sequence shouldn't be truncated. And then so sometimes that becomes like a two parter, possibly. Mm. <laughs> but no one would ever know <laughs> what mm-hmm. happened. My third book, but the third part that's out right now, that was completely different probably about a year ago. And then I realized, oh, no, we're going big with this fight. <laughs> this has mm. got to go on to the next part. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so actually, since you brought it up, do you think it's okay to talk about the kind of big reveal of the end of uh, chapter three? Oh, yes, yes, absolutely. Since it's <laughs> yeah. So we're aware, like, from the very first page of the comic that there were five Gaia Knights previously, mm-hmm. but we hadn't met all of them quite yet. So, you know, we mostly are just seeing Iris's mother, Deandra, and then is it uh, Diaza is the pronunciation? Uh, Diaza. Yeah. Diaza. Okay. So we have um, Diaza as well, but but that's it, just the two of them that we usually see, plus, you know, Iris's father. And then we, like, shortly before this, we did meet Chevelle. Yeah. Who is, uh, yeah, like, the green one. <laughs> she's very fun to write. She's, she's, she'll be back. She'll be back. Yeah. Because, uh... She basically went into business for herself <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and made a made an empire based on her magical abilities. Yeah, she's like a magical influencer now. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's fun. But yeah, otherwise we don't have everyone. So it's, mm-hmm. you know, it was uh, at the end of this, this uh, final chapter where Iris is in battle, you know, protecting her friends that she finds out that the person she's fighting who is clearly on the side of evil is one of the other former Gaia Knights. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, now it's like a question on like, wait, why are you fighting me? We're supposed to be on the same side. What's going on? Why are you mm. not even trying to test me? You're flat out trying to kill me. Like, what What do you, What? what's happening there? So yeah, that's going to be pretty much all what the next part's going to be about. Yeah, sounds really exciting, really fun. <laughs> I am curious, 
Are we going to see some other characters becoming Gaia Knights alongside Iris? Possibly. There are a couple characters that haven't even been introduced yet, uh, and a couple that have been introduced uh, that will become so very, very, very important soon. Uh, so mm. yeah, I, I would I would say stay tuned. There's some that have been introduced, and there's some that have not been introduced. Hmm. I can I can probably play some bets on who. Yeah, might, I, I say yeah. you have some good bets on a couple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, so it's very, very uh, interesting. The characters so far are fun. Uh, I also enjoy seeing Iris with uh, her new friend, Ash, mm-hmm. who's a very interesting kind of character because she is like fangirling all the time about the old Gaia Knights and everything. But like at the same time, she's also like one of the only people who has talked to Iris like a human. <laughs> exactly. And not like a force, you know? Like she's yeah. like just actually just wants to know Iris as a person because like they have a mysterious history that are not gonna say what's going on with that. But yeah, there's definitely something going on. There's a connection between them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely can see that. So that's really fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We know Iris like showed that she has powers from like an early age, but has kind of like not enough memory of it and like the people around her don't seem to have enough memory of it like you know anyone who who was a child Mm -hmm. when she was a child so it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out as Mm -hmm. well yeah there might be (laughs) something going on with like memories i don't know hmm Hmm, okay (laughs) sounds good yeah so i guess uh, how regularly are you updating the comic these days so I am going to start uh, updating it again later this year once I have enough pages um, ahead of time. Uh, so I release one page a week, um, and usually the books are about like 20 to 30 pages. Mm-hmm. So I usually have to have at least like a backlog of like 15 or so before I start posting so that like if something goes wrong <laughs> and I need to take like a week, it's not going to it's not going to be insane for me to do. Right. And then like this year, unfortunately, I caught COVID a couple of times and uh, it, I'm still dealing with the effects of long COVID <laughs> uh, oh boy. when it comes yeah. to, yeah, it's been great uh, <laughs> with, uh, <laughs> with uh, fatigue. So that's been definitely hampering on me starting on everything. But I do have everything uh, scripted out. I have the thumbnails ready to go. I just got to have the energy to sit at my desk. Um, but it, I am getting yeah. better. So it'll it'll be pretty soon. And definitely by the mm. end of the year, I will start posting that fourth part. Awesome. Yeah, the, the comic pages, I mean, uh, in general, the comic is like in full color, like, and uh, are you doing everything by yourself, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, I write it, thumbnail it. Uh, uh, draw it, ink it, color it, letter it, and then post it to all the different various sites. And mm. I, it is a lot of work, but I love having that control. Sure, that makes sense. So yeah, I'm curious then, like, how long does it take roughly to mm-hmm. make a single mm-hmm. page? Usually, let's see, I would probably say like, once I'm actually like drawing and inking it, that usually depending on the page takes about three to four hours. And then usually coloring takes about another two to three. Lettering is one hour. Depends on like how much is on each page when it comes to like dialogue or sound effects or like any extra like effects I have to do, especially if it's like a battle scene that'll sometimes take a little bit longer. Hmm. But other than that, yeah, it's usually about, about like a good like I'd say like what like eight hours or so per page to really go from start to finish. How I usually do it is I do them in, in batches 
where I would draw everything out, do as many pages as I, as I want, as I think I, I want to do in a row and then go like, all right, time to go back and time to ink them all. Okay. All right. Now time to go color them. Okay. Now time to, so I do them in like kind of like big chunk kind of mm. batches so that I can see them all together. And then if I see that I need to make any changes along the way, especially if I have like a chunk of like six pages, I can see them all at the same time and make sure everything flows together okay and then change things as I need to before everything becomes finalized. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> so I guess you've already mentioned Sailor Moon and uh, Ray Earth, but uh, what would you say are the major influences for Legacy's Call? Uh, let's see. Yeah, Sailor Moon and Ray Earth and like a little bit of like Madoka and like Yuki Yuna where like you can tell that like something else is happening under the veneer of like of like the magical girl, like like the usual antics of, of like a magical girl, like anime or manga. You can tell something else might be happening at the same time. So I like that vibe that Madoka and like Yuki Yuna do. So I definitely had that as an inspiration. Hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Definitely can't wait to find out what that is. <laughs> mm. yeah, yeah. Who would you say is the target audience? I would say probably like young adult. Um, not super young, but definitely like starting young adult up. I would say like maybe like 13 up. Yeah, would be able to get something out of it. Um, especially anyone going through that awkward period in middle school and high school uh, <laughs> might see themselves in a certain characters. Sure. I'm definitely right into that too, trying to make every person in that age group think and then sound in that age group. <laughs> yeah, so far it, it seems to be uh, working out though. It does kind of feel like it's kind of like an alternate world that's kind of like Earth, but not quite. Yes, so. yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, like if we all suddenly just knew that magic exists and also we could we could possibly use things created by by certain magic and, uh, and, and also demons exist. Are we all good with that Earth? Are we good? <laughs> so it is like a like an alternate history kind of like set like almost like a decade or more in the future from right now. Yeah, yeah. For sure. <laughs> so like thinking about your story and then like your experience with magical girls, what do you think it is that you get from the magical girl genre that you wanted to also share in your own story? Definitely seeing young ladies, groups of them all working together to do a thing. That is in a lot of like... I mean, I can't say like a lot of like American comics, but definitely like a lot of American comics when I was growing up and especially also when I was in college were always like, here's the squad and here's the one lady in it. And <laughs> <laughs> that's why I, I dove so hard into Magical Girls because I was like, whoa, wait, I can get a whole bunch of different ladies. They all have different personalities. They all have to work together despite their differences to achieve a goal. I love that. I'm also like a big found family uh, trope kind of person. Like these people just didn't know each other. And now they have to come together to do something that the world kind of hinges on. Like I, I love stuff like that. I love ideas of like misfits being thrown together to, to do something. Mm. And if they're all ladies and if there's all magic, then that is a bonus for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So uh, have you done any other work outside of the genre? 
Not really. This has really been like my first like major release that I've done. My day job is working in video games right now. I work for um, ZeniMax Online Studios. Uh, so that's basically where most of my time goes if I'm not working on this or mm. working on this stuff. So as much as I'd love to have more than one thing going or like ha- to have other releases going, this is pretty much it for right now. I see. Are you sometime in the the future? Uh, are you planning to do any other works? Yes, I have two other ideas that I would like to get to at some point in my life, uh, probably years and years and years from now. But I definitely <laughs> have two other ideas. One not really magical girl. The other one another magical girl like kind of story, but mm-hmm. both both female led. <laughs> would you be comfortable sharing with us about that? Nope. Unfortunately. Okay. No problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Trade secret. You can't let anyone know, uh, know so they don't steal your ideas. <laughs> but cool. So like you want to do just basically more yeah, female-led stories, uh, more mm-hmm. or less. Sounds good. <laughs> so is there anything else that you want to share with us about to your story or anything you want to say to, to readers? Definitely that, like, I know it's been a long break uh, between books, but I swear to God, I'm going to write more this year. Uh, that's been, like, big, big on my mind. Like, the second I got sick, I was like, oh, come on. And then, <laughs> so uh, definitely that I want to I want to definitely speed up with the releases that are that are coming out for sure. They do take a little while out of my out of my time to actually get through and actually, like, make all the different pages as as big and as 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 colorful as they are Hmm. but yeah definitely just stick with it i'm going to keep updating it um you're for a good time sounds good sounds good great so in that case we're down to my favorite question which is um (laughs) do you have a magical persona for yourself it's iris Ah. (laughs) let's just be (laughs) let's just be truthful with one another Mm. like it's like the way i write her sometimes is like what would i do (laughs) it's like oh freak out want to freak out in a corner i I would want to freak out in the corner i would need something someone to pull me out of said corner to then go do the right thing that i was going to go do Mm. (laughs) so i i would definitely definitely say there's a lot of me in iris i see was that like kind of intentional from the beginning yeah for sure because i and again like i didn't want a protagonist that was like Usagi or like any any anyone else from like any of the other shows because usually that protagonist is like peppy ready to go loves everyone gotta save everybody together we can do it guys i wanted the protagonist to be like man i don't know about this (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah for sure yeah that's it's interesting <laughs> yeah but i actually i i do hear that a lot a lot of for a lot of creators at least one of their magical girls is usually based on themselves yeah. in a way <laughs> yeah i mean we all like drew in our notebooks you know <laughs> like once we discovered the genre like oh what would it be <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm Great. So I guess uh, in that case, I think we're all all finished. So Paige, thank you so much for coming on Sparkleside Chats. Thank you so much for having <laughs> me. This was so much fun. Yeah. Where can people find your work and how can they support you? On Twitter, you can find me at Paige uh, underscore Branson. On Tumblr, you can find me at Paige Branson. On Instagram, you can find me at Paige underscore Branson. Webcomic Legacies Call is at LegaciesCall.com. It's also on Webtoon Canvas. Uh, It's going to be updated once a week. Uh, I also have a Twitter for that as well, too. That's just at Legacies Call. 
um, all one word on Twitter. You can follow along uh, with me there. I always post updates and little like preview pages and stuff on there. I also have a Patreon attached to my webcomic as well, too. You can find that through my website, through LegaciesCall.com. And then if you want to support my day job, hey, Elder Scrolls Online, that's a thing that people can play. Ain't that cool? <laughs> that keeps me employed. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's good to know that they're directly funding a matchbook yep. girl creator if they play <laughs> the Elder Scrolls. Over my head, you know. It's, yeah, it's nice. of course. You love to see it. Um, do you want to also plug your, your tea public? Oh, yes. So my tea Public site is at uh, tpublic.com slash Paige Branson, or just search my name. You'll find it. <laughs> yeah. I like to make it really easy for people to find it. I'm like, just, it's my name. <laughs> yeah, of course. For sure. For sure. Yeah, it's, you got a whole lot of awesome, you know, fandom shirts and stuff. So I'm sure that there will be something that people can appreciate and uh, and all of that. Yeah, so, a lot of Sailor Moon art, a lot yeah. of like Marvel art, a lot, lot of ladies, a lot of ladies going around. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't actually seen the movie yet, but I love all your Ghostbusters shirts. Those are really cute. <laughs> uh, yeah. I love Ghostbusters. I think the 2016 Ghostbusters is my favorite one. Hmm. Fight me, internet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I don't like the original Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. It's like to the point where I was like, I'm never going to like interact with this <laughs> franchise again. But mm-hmm. I'm definitely willing to give that one a, a shot. <laughs> give it a chance. It is so remarkable moved from possibly anything you might not have liked about the originals and that's why that's why i love it so much yeah yeah oh i i I am sold i will check it out (laughs) great yeah um so yeah thank you again for coming on and i hope you have a good rest of your day thanks you too Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Sparkleside Chats with Magical Girl Ayu. If you like what we do here, please subscribe, rate, and review it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to tell your friends about the show if you think they'd be interested. Those are the best free ways to keep the podcast going. If you use social media, don't forget to use the hashtag SparklesideChats when talking about and sharing the podcast. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at MagicalGirlIU, spelled A-Y-U, and you can find me at Ayushinos, A-Y-U-S-H-E-K-N-O-W-S. You can also email us at SparklesideChats at gmail.com. Let us know if there's a topic you want covered or a person you want to hear as a guest by filling out the form in the show notes. You can also join the Discord for this podcast to talk about magical girls 24-7, often chatting directly with me and both previous and upcoming guests of the podcast. Look for the link in the show notes. Those show notes can be found on your platform of choice or at anchor.fm slash sparkleside. If you can support the podcast financially, you can buy me a coffee at co-fee.com slash ayushinos. You can also commission me for art there or buy a print on my imprint page. With the Ko-fi monthly membership, you can get bonus content, announcements about episode topics, 
a Discord role, and your name read aloud on the podcast. Another way to support us one time is by buying something off the Amazon Japan wishlist. This helps with getting more access to Magical Girl content that we can discuss in future episodes. Feel free to purchase from the use section as we are not picky here. If for some reason you can't figure Amazon Japan out, no worries. Feel free to send the money for it via Ko-fi and let us know what you want us to buy. Original podcast music is by Hazel. You can find her on Twitter at a few bruises. Thanks again for listening. And remember, you are magical. <laughs>